Welcome to the Career Matters Podcast. I am your host, Nassar Ahmad. This is episode 65 of the Career Matters Podcast, and this episode is part of the Accelerated Learning Series or Accelerated Learning Expert Series. Uh, so before we move on, what exactly is accelerated learning? I know it sounds like a, a loaded word. Well, here is the def- dictionary definition. It's an intensive method of studying uh, or, tech new, or employing new techniques that enable um, to learn something in a relatively short time. So that's exactly what accelerator learning is. So since careermedis.com is a publishing platform providing career advice, and this podcast focuses on helping you with your career, I thought starting this series would be valuable. Um, what I hope to do in this series is to bring on experts and guests who can share their ideas, uh, strategies, tips on how you can learn and acquire new skills fast which in turn will help you to grow your career. And today's topic for today's Accelerator Learning Series episode, I'm interviewing Samantha Alvarez. Um, so I'm excited for this topic because it, it, today we're going to focus on language learning, something I've always been wanting to do, not really had an opportunity to do. So I know I'm going to enjoy this more than anybody else. Um, and Samantha is an expert. I'll, t- I'll tell you more about Samantha as we go on with the interview. But hey, Samantha, welcome to the uh, podcast. Thanks for having me, Nassad. It's a pleasure to be here. So the first question I always ask is, uh, I, I know I've had guests from all over the world. I'd love to know where you're calling from today. I am calling from Prague, Czech Republic in a co-working space. Wow, that is exciting. I think that's the first time for me. Uh, I've definitely heard of Prague. They, uh, I heard they have a lot of historic buildings. There's a lot of history. Um, Can you you share with us something that you learned about Prague, uh, which you do not know unless you went there, until you went there? I was really interested when I got to Prague because the energy of Prague is very masculine. It feels like a really old man who's very angry (laughs) and is is remembering his days of when he was a 19-year-old hooligan causing trouble. That's the energetic feel I get from Prague. I, I don't know if that is a good thing or a bad thing. I don't either. It just, it's just a thing thing. <laughs> okay. Um, so you did mention co-working space. So I wanted to ask you, I've read your bio. You, you are a digital nomad. I mean, you travel the world and you learn new languages and you teach people new languages. That's like a, a quick Cliff Notes version of your introduction, but I know I'm not doing it justice. So perhaps for the next couple of minutes, you can give a, an overview of who you are and you know your your strength uh, in language learning you can explain about that as well oh, i'd be happy to so i am a yeah i've been learning languages since i was 12 when i started learning spanish i learned spanish to a very deep level uh, never stopped actually so i've been speaking for quite a few years now and i speak spanish fluently um, i'm actually uh, my education is as a nurse practitioner in the U.S. Um, I was living in Arizona before I decided to go all digital nomad. So I worked as a registered nurse for about five years and then a, as a nurse practitioner for about five years until I burned out. And I decided to go traveling. And by that point, I had also learned Portuguese because uh, my best friend 
in Arizona was from the Azores. And I realized that learning Portuguese was way easier than learning Spanish. So I spent some time with that. And uh, when I got burned out as a nurse practitioner, decided I was going to go traveling, I ended up in Japan. Because, you know, if you're feeling burned out, why the heck not go to Japan? So I went to Japan to learn Japanese and about uh, Japanese culture. So I spent about six months pre beforehand learning Japanese, and then I lived in Okinawa for six months and got to a pretty conversational command of Japanese. Um, came back to the United States for a little while and then headed off to Taiwan, where I lived for about a year and also was learning uh, Mandarin Chinese there. I actually went to Taiwan knowing nothing except for hello and thank you in uh, Mandarin Chinese. Um, by this point, I job, ho job hopped a bunch more times. I've actually had 63 jobs in my, in my life by this point. I'm a, a serial career changer, and I actually work now as a career advisor, helping other people decide whether or not and how they want to change careers. I have, since learning Japanese and Chinese, I have also learned conversational French, German, Italian. I think that's it. I might be missing one. I actually just... Uh, yesterday started learning Russian. One of my best friends now is Latvian and her native tongue is Russian. So I'm going to go to Latvia in about three to four weeks and stay there for a little while with uh, to meet her parents and to hang out with her. So they don't speak any English. So I decided that I've got three weeks to teach myself some Russian before I show up. So, I mean, that's, that's impressive. Uh, most people uh, know one or two languages. You have, you have managed to acquire eight, I think, close to seven to eight and one more, adding, adding one more. Um, so the, you mentioned career change. You mentioned career, and this podcast is a, uh, the basis of it is created by. So I, I just wanted to ask you, I know po po learning a new language is fun when you're traveling. You get to talk to the locals there. But let's say... From a career point of view, what, why do you think it is important uh, or what is the value in learning more than just English? Oh, gosh, that's such a great question. <laughs> I'm going to jump on that one. Um, first of all, I forgot to mention what I'm actually doing now for a career, which is kind of fun. I skipped through all of that. Right now, I am a career advisor with, um, well, I'm part-time, I'm a career advisor and part-time I'm a sales coach and consultant. So I help people figure out what they're doing with their sales systems and their, um, and their startups. And I also work with a particular startup to help them with their uh, career change and sales process. So I have, so I grew up in the U.S. and lived in the U.S. until, yeah, a couple, uh, three, four years ago. And because I spoke Spanish, I got numerous jobs that I never would have been able to get. Um, where I was in southern Southern Arizona, um, I was working as a nurse practitioner of 40 nurse practitioners in my system. There were only about five of us who spoke Spanish, and every single clinic needed a Spanish speaker. So Spanish was the first language that I learned, partly because I was just really excited about it, but also because it was what was around me, and I recognized that it was going to be really useful. After learning Spanish... That was the only language where I really got super direct reasons like, hey, I did this, therefore I got a job. Um, what I have found with learning other languages is that it opens up so many doors for me culturally. And to it, it opens doors to my own cultural humility to understand where people are coming from and what they are 
interested in and what way they might be uh, engaging with someone. For example, because I lived in Japan and learned Japanese, I was part of a uh, digital nomad retreat. And the, it, was, it was a raw vegan retreat, and the chef was Japanese. She was from Tokyo. And she was having a pretty serious difference of opinion with the people running the retreat. And I knew the, I'd met the chef there and, and got to know her, and I knew the runners of the retreat quite well. And I sat them down separately because I could see her Japanese work ethic and how she was going at things and their method of doing things, which was very American, speak up for yourself, advocate for yourself, was just not meshing. And because I spent time in the language and in the culture, I was able to help mediate that situation. So it's, it's helped me be a better person, employee, employer, and human being, and has also made my life more fun. I mean, in the work that I do now, I frequently speak to people in languages other than English. Um, I would say, I don't know about frequently, but so I do career advisor calls all over the world. The, the startup that I work with is, is worldwide. So I, I've talked to people from probably, I don't know, 100 different countries. And I will probably twice a week end up talking to somebody in a language other than English simply because they're more comfortable with that language. And, um, and I'm still able to talk to them in a way that's meaningful to them to help them change their life, which is what we're doing. So the lesson I got from there is because the way the world is, it's, you're no longer confined to your one city. Even in your own city, it helps to learn additional languages because you're able to cater to a bigger audience. But think about the world globally. And if you have, if you have a company, if you have a job, uh, you have customers from all over the world. So if, you, if you're learning that language, it really definitely helps your career. That's what I got out of uh, what you just mentioned right now. I agree 100%. And I actually, I lived in Arizona prior to going nomadic, but I actually grew up in central Wisconsin in a city of about 20,000 people where there were very few Spanish speakers around. And even there, I ended up getting three different jobs simply because I spoke Spanish. They, they required somebody who was bilingual, um, even in small town Wisconsin. And, you know, I, I spoke in Spanish at those jobs every day. I was I was helping somebody. Let's see. I was I was mentoring kids from Texas whose parents came to work in the fields. I was I worked at an insurance company that had a nationwide call center that they had people come in from there. And I forget what the third one was. But even in a place where you would not expect it, I was able to get positions that I never would have been able to get without being uh, knowing another language. So one more thing I want to talk about, I, I just thought I should bring this up because we're still talking about the why. I've done some, I've read, read uh, there's even science studies done that learning a new language is good for your brain. It changes the way you think. It makes you a better critical thinker. Um, and so there are lots of benefits, but uh, like, and you may personalize it. So that's, I think we all should be by now sold on the concept of you need to learn another language. <laughs> I would agree completely. I mean, certainly I've made it part of my life, my life work, and, and you would expect me to agree with it. But, and I've read some of those studies as well, and they're pretty, they're pretty clear. I mean, getting to the point where I am is not necessarily good for your brain, but adding one language when you speak one is a huge difference. You can actually become um, more of a person than you are when you speak a second language, because when you think in a second language, you actually have a different perspective on the same things. And 
the way that you relate to people is totally different. I, I had a, a roommate at one point who was uh, Mexican American and we were both bilingual and she would, when we would have arguments, uh, I would always argue in Spanish because it was, my, it was a language that helped me be calmer and um, I don't know, less full of myself probably is what she would say. And uh, she would generally, uh, when she responded in Spanish, it was a good sign because that was also for her a language that she was more, uh, less, I don't know, defensive and argumentative in. Whereas if either of us switched to English, it was usually a bad sign uh, because for her, it was the language of her education and the language of self-advocacy. And for me, it was the language that it was, it was a little bit easier for me and for my own emo emotional re reactions to come through. So it even just, it, certainly that has made effects at work as well, but even in my personal life of somebody that I was living with, it totally colors your perspective on how you engage with other people when you can do it from a different perspective. Wow, that's actually a totally different perspective from what I've ever heard before. You're talking about changing your personality type, dealing with day-to-day -day situations when you think or speak in another language. I mean, that is, that's actually eye-opening. That's absolutely true. I've seen that over and over and over again because I, I have, you know, for me, I really enjoy, I mean, I, I do language learning. I, la I learn languages because I find heart-to-heart -heart connections with people deeply satisfying. It's just, it's one of my favorite feelings in the world when I can connect with somebody on a truly deep level. And um, that friend of mine who I was talking about, like even when, uh, I mean, she was fully fluent in English and she'd spoken since she was 10, but certain things you just, they can never be translated out of the language and mind space from which they were created. And you will never be able to get to a certain level of connection with somebody until you speak their native tongue at a language where they can share. Those. You don't have to be fluent, but until you can speak with them at a level of their language where they can share those culture-specific and linguistically specific things, it really deepens your um, engagement with their world and brings you closer to who they are. And that level of communication and connection for me is, is what it's all about. Okay, so, I mean, now you've given us another reason of the why you need to learn another language. So now let's say uh, myself, the audience, anybody is sold on the subject. There's mm. no, it, it's, it's, it's firm. It is important to learn another language. So let's say they have decided to learn. And in your experience, uh, what is the biggest roadblock someone faces in learning a new la language? Fear and programming. Many, many people think that they uh, are not good at language learning because they tried to learn Spanish for two years in school and had a teacher who was not engaged with the students with a curriculum that was not designed for people to actually learn, and they think it's their own fault. Uh, many, many people, of people who take languages in the United States in school, only 6% ever become fluent, which is just a such a such a sad state of affairs with learning languages because it's 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 very valuable and yet it's presented as this kind of okay go in here and, and memorize this just like it's a you know periodic table of the elements or something and and children are bored out of their minds and then when it comes to you actually want to learn a language for yourself you don't have that 
mindset of belief in yourself that you can do it. So it's the, the programming that you got when you first tried to learn a language that you failed and you, you take that internally and make it personal. And in addition to that, most people around you probably have the same feeling. And so when you do start, many people will start saying things to you like, oh, you can't do that. That's so hard. That's impossible. And so it looks like a much, much larger obstacle than it actually is. I'm sure most people can relate to that, including myself. Yes, it is the the fear of looking stupid or fear of uh, social pressure and all that. If you do not have people around you who want to learn new languages, it is difficult. So yeah, we have identified that. So that's a big roadblock. Uh, But do you have any suggestions uh, on how to overcome that? The first suggestion for me that I always recommend is to find a really, really solid, strong why. Because just like anything else that's a, I mean, language learning, even to get to a point where you can have a conversation is a long-term goal. This, this is a marathon, not a sprint. It's something that you have to be able to work toward every day and enjoy it. And so when you, uh, just about the worst thing that somebody can do is try and recreate their school experience and think that that's going to work this time around because they've got more experience. What works much better is figuring out your way of learning a language and finding out what's truly enjoyable for you and engaging with that, whatever that means for you. And I think I've tangented off of your question because I can't remember what it was. Yeah. My question was, okay, they've identified that it is a roadblock, but how do you, how do they overcome that? Oh uh, yeah. So number one was to uh, identify a really strong why. Like for me, I I was coming to Prague and I was like, Oh, I'm going to learn Czech. I'm a polyglot. I can learn Czech. Um, but after three days, I realized I had no intrinsic motivation. So I stopped. I, you know, I, I failed to learn Czech. Um, I learned probably 10 or 12 phrases and have used them since I've been here. But, I, you know, it, I'm, I'm quite happy with that because I was not excited, genuinely excited to learn Czech. It was just convenience. And yet now that I'm looking at learning Russian, like, hey, I'm going to go to my friend's house in Latvia in, in four weeks and I'm going to need to talk to her parents. And she's a good friend of mine and I would like to learn her native language, that is a really strong why for me. And it's much more likely to take me through the, you know, the hard times or, or spending time learning things or, or being frustrated by things. And generally, after having a really solid why, the best thing you can do is get started. Do something for five minutes, 10 minutes, whatever, so that you're doing a little bit every day. And then when you're actually doing the language learning, whatever it looks like for you, if it's watching videos or movies or listening to things or reading things or whatever um, is enjoyable for you, you'll be too busy doing it to feel nervous about the fact that you don't think that you can do it. Okay, so now we are really talking about the house, how to get started. You said something, do something five minutes a day. So, uh, I've found out in my experience, there's so many ways to learn a language, right? You can buy a CD, you can, you can, uh, there's online courses, apps right there. Uh, you can go to a class for a, at your local community college. Uh, there's immersion where you can go to a place like you're doing and live there. What do you, I mean, what is your favorite? Uh, what, what has been working for you? you? You have learned nine languages. So what is the best way? So I, I actually codified my best way into a language course, um, and I call it emotive style language learning, because for me, there are two things that are absolutely crucial in learning a language. Number one, it has to be relevant to your life. So when I was in Spanish class and learning like, teacher, may I um, use the pencil sharpener to sharpen my pencil? 
like, oh God, who cares? That's boring. Uh, but if I want to explain to somebody like, hey, I am, I used to be a nurse and now I'm a digital nomad and I live in Prague and I'm going to Latvia in a couple of weeks and I want to learn Russian, that is super relevant to me and I actually care to learn that stuff. I'm excited to learn those things because I know I'm going to use them right away. The second piece, in addition to relevancy, is emotion. You have to have emotional skin in the game. You have to get emotional about whatever it is that you're doing in order to be excited about it and to learn it. If it is not relevant to you, if you are not engaged emotionally, if you are bored, you're done. You're never going to learn. So if you can find a way to get that, use something that's relevant to your life and something that you're emotional about, then it will start working for you. So the method that I normally use is for the first week, I will uh, just look up stuff about culture and the language itself. So like for Russian right now, I went and talked to a bunch of friends about stuff that they used. I uh, joined a community that is learning languages together in 90 days. I uh, went and looked up some YouTube things, that YouTube movies that had subtitles in Russian. I, I found a site about the alphabet. I haven't even started learning yet. I'm just finding stuff. Uh, the second week, I will start talking to somebody else, uh, a native speaker. I will have really, really basic conversations. And uh, just before those conversations, I will study for a little while just before the conversation because that makes it very relevant. And I will study things about what I did that day and for maybe 20 minutes. And after the conversation, uh, with the, the tutor or native speaker, I will study for maybe again like 20 minutes the things that we just talked about so that I can uh, encode that into my brain. I am using my own inherent human procrastination and uh, laziness to best effect because if I study something three days before I need it, it's not relevant. If I study something 20 minutes before I need it, it is extremely relevant and I'll actually remember it. Emotion, meaning you need to be invested in learning that course. You need a strong why. And before you actually get started, uh, you also suggest to look up all the sort of information you can get on learning that language. Yeah. And with emotion, I also mean that literally. I'll, and I'll give you an example of that. So I uh, started learning French because I had, had uh, I went to a polyglot conference. Yes, such a thing exists. I went to a polyglot conference in Greece and met a bunch of French people who I really wanted to be able to speak to in their language. So I was like, okay, I'm finally going to bite the bullet and learn French. I, I don't know what my brain just didn't want to, I didn't want to do it before, but I met some people and I was like, oh, this is cool. I really want to learn French. And so I started um, having like language exchange conversations back and forth with this uh, woman from Paris, outside Paris. And we were talking in French one day, and I said something to the effect of, um, ah, tu aimes bien les rousses. And she thought that was hilarious. I was trying to say, you like Russians. She was actually learning Russian at the time, and or, or Russian language. And she said, yeah, I knew that's what you were trying to say, but what you actually said was, j'aime bien les rousses. Or I, I might have said that backwards, but... Um, what you actually said was, uh, you really like redheads, as in females, as in in a sexual way. <laughs> so, you know, that was embarrassing. I was ashamed. I was like, oh, my God, I turned all red and felt dumb. But, you know, I might not remember which is which, but, but God knows I'm never going to forget that pair because I was emotionally, like, 
in it. And, and the emotion can be joy, it can be sadness, it can be, you know, embarrassment like that. But when you actually feel emotions about something, it sticks much more effectively into your brain and into your memory center. Yeah, I can totally, uh, if I can share a personal experience, like I've always wanted to learn Spanish. I had a fascination. So I've done a lot of things in the past, like I've taken courses, bought CDs, um, and uh, tried different things. It, went, it never worked out. And, and until in 2014, I decided to go spend a couple of months in Nicaragua, in Central America. Little did I know that they did not, most people did not speak English. So I went there <laughs> thinking, okay, I, I went there for another purpose to learn something else. But as I started speaking to people, I learned that very few people spoke English, except for mm. two people I knew. That's when I realized, okay, this has to change. I need to learn. So I, I spent a lot of time on this app called Duolingo. I also hired a Spanish teacher there. But the funny thing is just, uh, the, I think the emotion that was attached to me at that time is just surviving. Like doing based, it was embarrassing trying to pick up a phone and the internet is not, was not the best over there and trying to Google translate. So the embarrassment and the awkwardness, I said, okay, this has to stop. And it forced me to learn. And by the end of two months, when the locals, I was speaking to the people, my friends there said, wow, uh, you're able to have a normal conversation. Uh, of course, now I've forgotten everything because I haven't really applied it here in Toronto where I live. But uh, that emotion, uh, trying to avoid uh, embarrassment or trying to, uh, you know, trying to feel feel better, all that emotion really, really plays a massive role in learning anything. It's absolutely huge. And I totally agree. The, the way that we, and, and embarrassment and social pressure is such a strong one. You know, I'll set up a lesson with a tutor who I've never met before, and I will study, you know, beforehand, and I will study like my life depends on it for those 20, 30 minutes before the lesson starts, because I want them to be proud of me. I don't even know them. I have no idea who they are. I've never talked to them before, and yet the social pressure works, because I want them to like me, to think that I'm, you know, smart or whatever. Like, I want them to think, oh, wow, she really speaks well. Um... And I take advantage of that kind of human thing where it's like, I don't want to be embarrassed. And then suddenly, you know, I'm having this really cool conversation with somebody who I didn't know before. And I'm learning things about them and their culture and, and engaging with them. And um, yeah, it's, it's really a huge one. And it, once we're able to dive into that, lean into it rather than leaning away and being scared, it's so powerful. So many people in the situation where you were will retreat to those two friends that you knew who spoke English and will only spend time with them or will find somebody to translate things for you. And you instead realized that you wanted to survive in this world and wanted to be a part of it. And that required you speaking Spanish. And so you, you took the step on it where the, the programs didn't work before actually being there and having people to talk to that you wanted to have a relationship with that worked. Yeah, that makes total sense. So one of the few things I wanted to cover in the remaining time we have is you didn't mention, you made some claims and like you said, okay, you can learn a language in five to 10 minutes a day. Is that even possible? And if, if, if that is the case, what, what are some of the things they can do, people can do to maintain that? You can learn a language in five to 10 minutes a day. I don't use that as a claim. Uh, the main purpose of that is uh, micro-commitments. Because once you commit to doing one thing or five minutes or something really small, it's so much easier to, it's so much easier to continue something than it is to start. 
anything in life. Like it's much easier to maintain something than to start something new. So my goal is actually that, is to get myself to do something for five minutes a day. My actual goal is to do something for 30 to 60 minutes a day. I don't spend, you know, eight hours a day learning languages like the, the maybe what, what you might think a polyglot might do. That's not really my style. I learn languages in order to connect with people. So I spend most of my time, once I get to a conversational level of a language, talking to people rather than studying and, and, and learning grammar and such are not particularly interesting to me, uh, especially at the beginning. The whole concept of micro-commitments, uh, you do it yeah. every day, it becomes like a habit, and uh, eventually it becomes a part of who you are. Yeah, and just like any other habit change, like my language learning, oh my gosh, my habits have changed so much. I used to wake up uh, every morning in bed for the first 15 minutes, I would have like a vocabulary learning app, and I, it's called Anki, A-N-K-I. Um, I would wake up every morning and I would study my deck of whatever cards. It's like a, uh, it's on the phone. It's an app on the phone, but it's like a flashcard app that remembers words just as you're about to forget them. So it's got some smart software in there to, to help you learn things and make them stick for the long term. And I would wake up for 15 minutes every morning while I was still in bed. I would take my phone off airplane mode and start doing it. Now I prefer to do it. I prefer to, I, I do meditation when I first get up in the morning um, and now get up and actually do the language learning at, on a couch with a, with a book or Kindle or on the computer where I'm watching some kind of videos or something. I still like to do it in the morning because that is my strongest time for learning. Um, but it's, you can view it as very similar to any other kind of habit formation where you're like, okay, I want to do this thing. Give yourself micro commitments that can turn into macro commitments where you don't have an end point where, oh gosh, I have to stop at this point. You just do it until you, one of the quotes that I, I really like, one of my favorite quotes about language learning, um, because it's the kind of thing it's really easy to get into the, uh, get into sprinting on. But if you sprint, you're going to burn yourself out and you're going to get bored and you're not going to like it anymore. So you want to learn enough today that you're still going to want to learn tomorrow. Learning language for eight hours a day is not necessarily the ideal way to learn a language. You'll get there faster, but maybe not any faster than if you studied for two or three hours a day because you're just overloading your brain. Uh, it's more important that the consistent practice over time and enjoyment and engagement is more important than the number of hours or, or clock time and energy. Uh, time and energy invested is not the same as quality of time and energy invested. That makes total sense. Um, so the, we are coming to the total, uh, towards the end of our uh, recording here, Samantha. Any last words that you, or any any last piece of advice you'd like to share with our audience? Have fun. But the most important part for me is to do things that are fun for you. If you're having fun, then you're learning. I mean, we do it with kids, right? Like we 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 have shown in educational research that doing things that kids are bored with, they don't learn as well. And we're the same way as adults. We, but we don't often give ourselves that cue. We think, oh, kids learn languages better. I'll never be able to. And, you know, I have to study this grammar table like I, like I did in Spanish class in eighth grade. Oh, my God. No, the most important thing is, is to have fun with it and do something that is meaningful 
to you. That's it's yeah, that you're going to enjoy it. And it's going to get you somewhere that you want to go. You know what? I think that's something most people would agree with, right? If you're, if you're, it's important to learn, but uh, you should need to be, it's, you don't want it to be boring and routine. Then eventually you will stop doing it. But if you have fun, you look forward to doing it. Absolutely. Okay, perfect. So uh, Samantha, thanks for joining us all the way from Prague. And uh, it's, uh, you shared a lot of great ideas in our uh, episode today. Uh, it's always good to learn new things, especially a topic like this, which myself, I'm very excited about. So thanks for joining us. You are so welcome. Thanks for having me, Nisar. You're welcome. Uh, thanks, folks, for listening to this episode of the Career Metis Podcast. Uh, I have written a brief summary of the interview with uh, some of the links to Samantha's website. Uh, if you enjoyed this episode and also learned something new, feel free to post a comment or review. And if you really loved it, definitely go ahead and share this among your network. Until next time, this is Nisar Ahmad, your host for the Career Metis Podcast. Thank you.